Hi everyone, welcome back to Say You Want to Be a Vet, the podcast series where we bring you honest and open discussions about life as a veterinary student and share the inspiring and motivating experiences of vets from all across the industry, from their vet school journey and beyond. Before we get started, make sure to subscribe to our podcast. You can follow us on social media at Say You Want to Be a Vet, where we will be sharing behind the scenes clips, doing live Q&As and so much more. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel with the same name, where we upload regular videos such as CV and personal statement writing tutorials, interview skills, and so much more that will help you build a strong application to that school. Hi everyone, welcome back to the So You Want To Be A Vet podcast. Today, we're going to be discussing an ethics scenario practice question. So before we start, make sure you've checked out the last episode where we discussed all about how to answer ethical questions, the things to consider, why they're important in vet med. So that's a really key episode to listen to before we do this practice run. Okay, so I will just do a little recap why ethics are super important in veterinary. So you'll use your ethics every day as a vet. There'll be your sort of moral code for, for how you answer, like how you answer questions and deal with really tricky scenarios and get better at considering different people's viewpoints and how you can make the best decision for every stakeholder involved. So it's definitely something to practice now and get really good at for when you become a vet. So our scenario today, you are a newly qualified small animal vet working out of hours when an emergency is brought into the clinic. A young puppy has just been hit by a car and needs emergency surgery. The puppy is badly injured, but you are confident that with surgery, it will make a good recovery. You explain this to the client, but they explain that they have severe cost restrictions and wish to proceed with euthanasia instead. Where do you go from here? Okay, so I want you to pause the episode and just think to yourself, maybe a few minutes, maybe jot down some notes of what you might consider, questions you might ask, Can you think of any frameworks you might use to help your answer? Just use it as like a little mock interview practice um, and then press play when you're ready to hear our answers. Okay, so Bronte, would you like to to do an example answer? Okay, so um, there are a lot of different factors to consider within this ethical scenario. And there's a lot of sort of different um, people and obviously we've got the animal involved um, and we need to think about the implications for all of them. Um, So what I would do like to start off with before I talk to the owner at all, I would want to first of all make sure that the puppy has had emergency first aid um, and make sure that it's stabilised. So I would want to give it pain relief. Um, And I would also want to make sure that, you know, it can breathe properly, that it's not going to bleed to death, things like that. So essentially, I just want to make sure that the puppy is stable um, to sort of buy ourselves a bit more time. Um, And I would do that before, you know, considering costs and anything like that for the puppy, because as a vet, you know, my role is to make sure that animal health and welfare is prioritised and legally I'm required to provide that first aid straight away. Um, So that would be, first of all, what I would do. I would then explore and and talk to the owner 
I would first of all want to make sure that they are as calm as possible. So I would bring them into the consult room. I would, you know, make sure they can sit down. I would reassure them that, you know, whilst the puppy has really bad injuries, for now it's stabilised and it's okay. And, you know, we've got a bit of time to have a chat and consider what the sort of best way to proceed is for both the puppy and the owner. I would see if they wanted a hot drink, um, potentially sort of a biscuit or anything. If they're really shocked from the situation, they're probably quite stressed and sort of a bit traumatised. So I'd really try and calm them down um, and potentially see if, um, you know, a friend or a partner or a family member could come in and help support them through this situation um, just so that they sort of have their support network there. From there, I would want to discuss with the owner the different options that they have. So um, I would talk to the owner about the costs involved with the surgery that would be required for this puppy. So I would talk through actually what the surgery is. I would talk through any potential risks of the surgery, but also the fact that it is sort of quite likely to be successful and the puppy will make a good recovery after and lead a really good life afterwards um, and explain, you know, the costs involved with that. If the client then expressed to me that, you know, they were really worried and they, they really couldn't afford it um, and asked about proceeding with euthanasia instead, I would again try and reassure them. I would be very empathetic that um, this is a terrible situation for them to be in. Um, I would understand that they are probably feeling quite guilty about the fact that they can't afford the surgery and I wouldn't want to make them feel guilty or sort of blame them in any way because I know that, you know, situations are really hard um, and it's not their fault. But I would do my best to try and explore other options. So I would ask the client if they have any pet insurance, um, see if we could get any money from that. Um, depending on the policies within my practice, I would um, potentially suggest payment plans to spread the cost over a few months instead of having to pay it up front. That might allow the client to proceed with the surgery. Um, if not, I would potentially um, explore whether or not the client would be willing to um, sort of sign over ownership of the dog potentially the practice could take on ownership and rehome the dog or a charity might be willing to do that I would sort of try and explore all of the different options available because recovery is quite good at this dog um, I would do what I could there um, but essentially if the client was still sort of you know they they weren't happy with any of the options or none of the other options were suitable and they did want to proceed with euthanasia I think I would go ahead with euthanasia because I would be worried about the dog's quality of life. If I didn't proceed with that, um, I would be worried that it would sort of um, lose some of its five freedoms. I think it potentially wouldn't be able to express its natural behaviours anymore. Um, if we didn't do the surgery properly or we did a surgery that you know wasn't quite good enough and they didn't make a good recovery, I would be worried about how the dog would cope with that and how fair and ethical that would be. Um, I also feel that euthanasia is a humane and pain-free death and it's not necessarily a bad thing for the animal um, because you know quality of life is much more important than quantity of life within vet med so I think I would definitely consider euthanasia if the client was adamant that they wanted to do that um, 
but I, I would definitely try and explore other options first before sort of just going ahead with euthanizing it. Brilliant. Lovely answer. So if we talk and if you've just listened to what um, Bronte said, maybe think about, did you recognize any frameworks she brought up? What good points did she make? She made some great points. I really like the fact that you spoke about the owner's um, feelings and how you're going to be non-judgmental. I think that's really important because the owner's definitely going to be going through a really hard time in this situation. So that was a really nice considering all the stakeholders in the scenario. I also liked how um, right at the beginning you said, most important thing is pain relief for the puppy right now. Animal comes first in vet med, as we said in last week's ep uh, last episode. So I think that was a really great answer that you've heard to maybe take some time listening to that and break it down. And um, remember there's no perfect solution to a problem and it was really nice you could see Bronte like explored all the different options that there are remember they're not expecting you to be a vet you don't know all the different surgeries that could be done but just make a point of saying there are many options I would discuss and explore them with the owner and see what they think is best and what they're happy to do so there's no perfect answer it just consider user frameworks consider all the different people involved and you want to give the animal the best quality of life. Um, these scenarios are really tricky. So don't worry when you get to interview. If you need to take a minute, think about it before you start forming your answer, that is fine. You can even say, can I just have a minute to think about it? Um, they're difficult situations. They're difficult even when you are a vet. So if this doesn't come easily right away, that's fine. Yeah, definitely. Don't, ex don't expect them to be easy. Like. Even now I'm in my third year of vet school, even now they're difficult situations to think about. Um, and whilst I've practiced a lot, like the sort of structure of an ethics answer and know, like to consider all of the people in, involved in things, it doesn't make a decision easy. Um, so it's definitely not an easy thing to do. Um, as Verity mentioned, I think a really, really useful um, sort of technique within ethics um, stations is to talk about like how you would actually communicate with clients so for example I was saying you know I would be really non-judgmental I would be really empathetic with the client and really sort of explaining not only what I would say to them but how I would say it and how I would communicate that now it's a really useful thing to do because it shows to your interviewers that you understand how you would need to sort of present yourself and you understand the different aspects of communication. Um, and it just helps to show that you are really considering that client, even though your priority is still with the animal and you still want to do what's best for the animal, you appreciate and understand and empathize with the, with the owner. Um, and I just think it goes a really long way. And it also helps to prolong your answer a little bit, which is always a good thing because then they've got less time to ask you potentially trickier follow-up questions. Um, so yeah, don't be, don't feel like you can't say, you know, I would, um, I would do this and I would do that. Like talk through what you would do from start to finish in that situation. Um, and it's sort of quite a useful thing to be able to sort of um, show how you behave because you can't actually show it. Um, whereas potentially like in a role play, 
you can be more empathetic in like your tone of voice and the way you talk to them and things like that. Whereas ethics, it doesn't really come across. So it's good to show that you understand that. Yeah, I think on that note, um, yeah, think about how you'd want to respond if this was like a role play, because sometimes they do sort of bring in ethical scenarios in a role play. So do just consider like, yeah, that empathy that we've talked about as a really important attribute for vets um, and that sort of way of communicating and simplifying the situation. So definitely something to consider in your answer definitely helps prolong it because you don't have quite a while on these stations often. Um, so you really do have time to sort of flesh out your answer. Definitely. So I hope that has been a helpful episode to introduce you into what it's like answering an ethics question. And I hope you feel more confident with it now when you head into your interviews. Thank you very much for listening. Make sure to check out our previous episode on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Thanks, everyone. So we really hope you've enjoyed today's episode. If you found it helpful, then please share it with others that you think will find it useful too. Again, make sure to subscribe to both our podcast and YouTube channel with the same name, So You Want To Be A Vet, to be notified when our next episode is released. Also, don't forget to leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts if you enjoyed. Follow us on Instagram at So You Want To Be A Vet for exclusive quizzes, behind the scenes and updates on all things So You Want To Be A Vet and Vet Mentor. Remember to follow at VetMentor2 to learn more about the opportunities such as our interview skills workshops and our amazing summer school that will help you further your application to that school. If you have any questions or thoughts, then please comment them below the Instagram post for this episode. And if you want to hear us discuss something, then please let us know. You can find our email address in the description. Thanks for listening. Take care.